Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and uh, today on the podcast, we've got a, a great, uh, great guest. Uh, I'll tell you about that uh, momentarily. Um, but uh, now that the summer is uh, fast coming to an end, it's almost uh, mid-August. Uh, we've got our 2018-2019 campaign in the uh, on the Pro Tour c- upcoming. Uh, obviously, uh, students going back to university, which means the U.S. varsity uh, squash scene is upcoming, and we've got a, a couple of podcasts uh, in the next few weeks, which will uh, help us uh, get our heads around what that season's going to look like. It should be should be a good one. And uh, a, a whole new uh, a group of promising uh, young players coming out of there, I'm sure. Um, and then most of our uh, national, provincial, uh, I guess you would say in the UK, county uh, seasons are uh, fast approaching as well. So I guess everyone's starting to, uh, you know, still in the midst of the, maybe their uh, summer uh, training, cardio training, or summer, um, you know, bit of... Bit bit of rest and relaxation from the game help the body uh, heal up for the, the season I've been uh, uh, keeping relatively uh, relatively fit over the summer playing a bit more golf but hoping to get back on uh, onto the squash court in the next couple of weeks but uh, been running quite a bit so hopefully uh, be able to ease my way back in nicely uh, hopefully you you'll be able to do that too now uh, Personally, uh, I'm still basking in the afterglow of that Super Series Finals that was here uh, in Dubai uh, oh, two months ago or so. I mean, when you experience something like that firsthand and you take part in it, it uh, becomes a part of you uh, in a way if you're not uh, used to uh, taking part in those types of events. And for me, it was a great event. I'm just going to have a drink of coffee here. Mm. Yeah, and um, anyways, I think it was on uh, day three or day four. might have been after the semifinal against uh, Nick Matthew, or it might have been uh, in the previous day. But uh, after the match, I had uh, I'd brought my, my golf stuff with me, and I thought I'd go and hit a few balls at the range. So I was on my way to the range, and uh, there he was, uh, Ali Farag, just out there hanging out, I think, maybe just uh, stretching or getting a bit of uh, fresh air. It was quite cool in in the squash venue and rather warm outside, so he probably felt that uh, refreshing. And I had uh, reached out to Ali a couple of times. I wasn't sure if I had, you know, the right uh, contact details for him, but I had reached out to him but uh, hadn't heard back. So uh, he seemed to be, uh, you know, I bumped into him at the media day earlier, and he was great, and I just thought, you know, there he is. Why not go up? And uh, so I introduced myself and uh, uh, invited him onto the podcast, and he's been more than accommodating ever since. You know, we tried to get it in um, a few uh, weeks before I left for my summer vacation, but we felt it would be better uh, to do it uh, once we got back, and here it is. Uh, he's our guest today on episode 33, uh, Ali Farag, and I couldn't have been uh, uh, happier again like a kid in a candy store. Uh, now, before we uh, proceed, though, I need to apologize. Uh, I think in the previous podcast with uh, Olivia Klein, uh, I had mentioned uh, during the podcast that there was one other couple that were uh, a married couple that play on the tour together. 
uh, obviously Olivia just getting married to Alan Klein, so they are one. And then I made reference to, of course, Ali and Noor uh, being the second one. But then uh, I was remiss not to have mentioned uh, uh, Raneem Elwalili and Tarek Momin amongst that group. So uh, apologies uh, uh, for that. Uh, a bit of a bit of a rookie mistake, I guess you could say. Although episode 43, you'd think uh, uh, I'd have my research team would have had there. Uh, had their stuff together but uh, anyways we'll uh, move move on after that and and uh, apparently uh, we have a fourth uh, married couple on tour uh, most recently uh, Greg and Donna Loban Donna Urquhart uh, uh, previously so congratulations uh, to them as well seems to be becoming uh, a thing and uh, also uh, proven uh, at least the those that are the couples that are married have proven that it's a successful dynamic so uh, we might be uh, seeing more of this uh, in the future um, anyways today without further ado uh, Ali Farag on the podcast episode 43 enjoy all right well welcome to uh, episode 43 I believe it is of uh, the in squash podcast and uh, today uh, we're delighted to have on uh, the world number two uh, Harvard class of 2014, where he spent three years and only lost twice uh, during that time playing for Harvard. The 2018 U.S. Open and Swedish Open winner, and most recently, uh, runner-up in the Super Series Finals, where I met him uh, uh, in Dubai. Uh, Ali Farag is our guest on the podcast. Ali, great having uh, you hello. on. Thank you. Thank you so much for such a great introduction. It's my <laughs> pleasure to be here with you. Well, great. Well, uh, many thanks for coming on and uh, belated uh, congrats on uh, on your wedding anniversary, by the way. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank what? you. Yeah, it's been two years already. Two years. <laughs> wow. that's <laughs> uh, Time flies, doesn't it? I know. I know. I can't, I can't believe it because I, I still remember it like it was yesterday. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun two years. I'm looking forward to many, many more years together. Yeah, well, my wife and I, uh, we, I guess uh, August is a great month to have a wedding. We just celebrated our 19th, so. Uh, wow, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit behind, but uh, we'll, <laughs> Take your we'll time. be there soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got lots of time, man. Uh, exactly, yeah. Well, now, just uh, about your wedding anniversary, I saw something recently, recently and I didn't quite uh, catch the whole thing, but something to do with... Uh, Roger Federer. Um, well, it was actually celebration. the engagement anniversary. Well, our wedding anniversary was the, is the 19th of July uh, in 2016. Okay. But then our engagement was on the 8th of uh, August of 2014. And it's funny because every year we remind each other of the, of the engagement uh, uh, anniversary by uh, connecting it to uh, Roger Federer's uh, birthday. Because both of us are huge fans of Roger Federer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so every year we say, oh, it's a happy anniversary. And it's also Roger Federer's birthday. And yeah, we go on about it and that's it. And this year I called Noor over the phone because she had already left the house by the time I woke up. And I said, happy anniversary, Noor. Uh, no, no, no. I said, I said uh, you know, you remember it's uh, Roger's birthday, right? And it's also our anniversary. She said, yeah, I remember it. Roger's birthday, but not our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all love Roger, don't we? Well, yeah. Who, who doesn't? Who doesn't, really? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. now, speaking of the, the summer, how, uh, how's your summer training been going? I did notice today uh, 
on Twitter, you posted a pic of yourself on the floor. Uh, yeah. How's it been going? It's been going tough, you know, which, which is exactly how it, how it should be. Uh, uh, it's, the summit is really the fundamental block where we build the, the entire season on. Uh, uh, we've got eight to ten weeks to really train hard to uh, get this uh, physical and endurance training and power and strength and conditioning in. Uh, and then for the entire season, we're just trying to uh, maintain the body healthy. So uh, I'm really happy with the way it's going so far. I've been working hard with my fitness trainer, Hossam Shaddad. I've also seen Derek Ryan, the PSA physio, because I've, I've had uh, a couple of issues with my body. Nothing serious, uh, thankfully, but uh, I fixed everything. And I'm, I, I hope I'm on the right track and I'm really looking forward to the season to start again. Yeah, I've got a, a little later, I've got a couple of questions about your fitness training because there, there's, there were also a couple of other uh, picks that I want, want pictures that I want to ask you about, but I won't bring it up yet. Uh, now, a lot of players uh, these days, uh, in the summer especially, a lot of players are combining the summer training with uh, squash camps and coaching. Uh, have you, uh, how things played out for you in that regard or, or are you just uh, focusing on your training? Well, I don't do much of that, to be, to be honest. Uh, uh, we were planning on having a, a, a camp in Guna, but it didn't happen for, for some reason. Mazin got injured, and a lot of us were, uh, were uh, interrupted by a few different things. Mazin, but, uh, Mazin uh, has yeah. yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. okay? He's, he's, yeah. He's, 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 he went to Germany, had another surgery, and he's on his way back up. So uh, okay. uh, I'm sure he's going to be back to, uh, to his best very soon, which is going to be very dangerous for all of us. But I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it because I, I love him. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I, I don't do much uh, camps or, or trainings, really. I try to focus on my own uh, stuff. And uh, whatever uh, free time I've got, I try to spend it with the family or... Uh, or just uh, even rest days just to, uh, for the body to recover and, and be ready to, uh, to train again. Now, um, obviously, uh, last year w- was an incredible year for you. Uh, and even 2017 w- was a great year where you reached number three as well. Mm-hmm. But looking back even further, uh, back to 2014, when you decided, uh, I think, I-, I could be wrong, but decided against your original instinct uh, to turn pro, what was it at, at the time that, that changed your mind and what were your goals uh, at that time? Well, it was a funny story, story really, because I, uh, I always thought that uh, the junior career was going to be the end of it for me in terms of squash. Uh, it was since I was 10 years of age, I remember uh, knowing about Karim Darwish. Actually, I was even younger. I was uh, eight years of age and I remember Karim Darwish winning the world juniors in Italy. And I said, I w- this is what I want to be one day. I want to be a world junior champion when I'm 18 years of age. Uh, I-, I worked really hard for it for 10, for 10 or so years. And uh, I-, I reached the final. I played a great final against a great guy, Amr Khaled Khalifa. I-, I-, I didn't end up on the, on the winning end. But, uh, so I was a bit disappointed. And, uh, and I remember back then, uh, Mike Way and the assistant coach back then at, the, at Harvard, uh, Chris Smith, they were emailing me saying we're interested in recruiting you for our Harvard uh, squash team. And uh, I really didn't want to go. I'm, I'm too attached to home and family. <laughs> uh, and then six months later, I ended up winning the British Junior Open, which is kind of equivalent to the World Junior Championships. It's never the same, but it, uh, I, kind of, I kind of redeemed myself with it. Yeah. And at this point, my parents met Mike Way again and... Uh, and uh, I started to think about it more, and I ended up going to Harvard. It was by far the best decision of, well, 
one of the best decisions I've made in my life. And if I go back in time 100 times, I would definitely go again. Uh, so it extended my squash career for three more years playing with, with, um, with the Harvard team. And then by the end of it, I was all, all, of, all I was thinking of was just to get a normal desk job like any, any other Harvard graduate. But then Mike Way, who's, who's a, a big deal for me, and my elder brother, Wael, who's been my role model ever since I was born, and Noor, who's my fiancé back then, uh, the three of them saw how much passionate I am about the game and, and that I've got the talent to get to, get to the top. And uh, they're the, they're the, the, the three driving forces that told me you have to, to uh, give it a shot. And, you know, in Egypt, uh, it's, it's a weird rule or it's a weird uh, yeah, regulation. In Egypt, if, you, if you've got a brother, not just any sibling, if you've got a brother or one, more than one brother, it's mandatory to serve in the, in the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to serve in the military for one year. And uh, you, you, you can get a, a, a job during that year. So I decided, okay, I'm going to give it a shot and see how it goes. So 2015, I started in January 2015, and it was really a turning point. Not only was I doing well or better than I was expecting, it was just that I was so passionate and I, I loved doing it. I was doing the thing I loved the most with the, with, the, with the person I loved the most, traveling the world. So it went really well. I climbed from, I think, 88. I finished the season or the year at 22, I think, because I had reached the, the quarterfinals of, of the Qatar Classic and the World Championships in Seattle back-to-back, which gave me a, a big rise in the, in the rankings. And... And ever since I decided, oh, this is what, yeah, this is what I want to do for a living. And it was amazing to turn a lifelong hobby into a, into a career deal. And you, uh, when you were in the military, uh, did, did the Egyptian military allow you to, to play squash as well? At, uh... well? Well, thankfully, yes, they were actually very, uh, very uh, keen, or not very keen, but they were. So there is a boot camp for everyone that has to attend for 45 days where it's, it should be hard physical training. And after this, they assign you to different departments within the military. So I was assigned in the sports unit where I only have to go twice a, twice a week for two hours where I have to coach some, some kids. And other than this, I, I had my free time to, to train. And, and whenever I had to travel, obviously, it was a bit of, a, bit of a pain to get the leave permit uh, to, to leave the country. And all of this, it took about 50 days each time I had to leave. Oh, yeah. But I had to pick my punches. And, and I only traveled, I think, five times. And I was lucky to have a couple of or three tournaments in Egypt back then. So I, play, I ended up playing actually 10 or 11 tournaments that year, and, uh, and they went well. That's great, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, 2018, as, as I mentioned earlier, was a great year for you. You, you won your first uh, Super Series title, and not only yeah. that, it just happened to be uh, your wife's first Super Series title, the same nice. tournament. The, the story, uh, most squash uh, enthusiasts like myself, we all know it. And you've probably spoken about it ad nauseum, uh, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Uh, um, so what, uh, I guess during that event, um, you were, when you had got to the semifinal, I'm just wondering uh, what you and Nor were, were, were thinking at, at the semifinal stage. Were, were you talking about, well, this, this, uh, this is going to happen or could happen? Well, not really, actually. Even until the final day, we didn't think about it that, that much. It's just uh, we took it match by match. Uh, bo- both of us had very tough draws. I remember uh, playing with Lucas Serm in the first round, which wasn't easy. And then in the second round, I was 2-1 down against Mezin Hisham. And then in the quarterfinals, again, I was 2-1 down against Ferris Desuki. And it was, I think, uh, I believe it was my only second ever semifinal in a World Series event. So I didn't, 
think that far. I obviously go to every tournament aiming to win it, and this is my goal. But I don't want to think too far ahead. Same thing for Noor. She's made it. To, she had made it to, I think, to a couple of World Series finals before Hong Kong and U.S. Open 2015. But we we didn't. We just took it match by match. She had to play with Noor Shirbini in the quarters, and even before then, she had Selma Haney and and a lot of other big matches. And then she still had to play with Laura Masaru. And if she beats Laura Masaru, she had to play with either Ranim Al Waleed or Joel King. Same for me. I had to play with Omar Mossad. Not never very easy then. <laughs> uh, not, nothing was easy. Nothing was easy at all. And then, had I won, I had I'd, I'd have had to play with Chorbagi or Nick Matthew. So I never thought that far ahead. But then, when it actually happened, and it actually again, it didn't hit us that hard until we went to bed and woke up the next morning, and we saw that huge buzz around it and uh, on the social media platforms and in, on BBC and all of that. And this is when we realized, oh well, we actually did did something very <laughs> special, which actually felt amazing. And how how did that feel with with the with the buzz? Did that did that uh, add more pressure, or did that help you sort well, of inspire you even more? Well, I'm not sure actually, because uh, I remember I had to go to the the following day. We had to go apart. We, she had to play the Carol Wine Muller in New York, and I had to go to London to play the Channel Vast, the St George's Channel Vast tournament, which was uh, kind of. Uh, a wake-up call that okay, you, you shouldn't celebrate too too long because you have a, another tournament coming up. And and I'm I'm grateful to have Karim Darwish in my corner because he's been through that a lot. He's he's won tournaments back to back, and he told me Ali, okay, now uh, for one day you you uh, uh, you celebrate, and then other than this, you have to go have your recovery sessions, and then you have to go back on court again. And then I played with Charlie Lee the first round. I played okay, and then I actually. I, I believe I backed it up quite well playing with Paul Cole and then Diego Elias and reaching the final against Mohamed Shropaji again. Right on. That's great. And, uh, and on fi- the finals day, actually, uh, uh, just before, I, I think Nora played first, didn't she? Yes, she did. Yeah. And, and how, how did that play, play out for you in terms of, because uh, I, I noticed in Dubai, you're both very, very uh, helpful in each other's yeah. corner and very... Uh, very active, actually, which is which is great. Yeah, to see. yeah, we've all we've always uh, had this kind of weird relationship when we when each of us is playing, we just can cannot help but we have to watch. You know, it's uh, it's very tough not to watch. You get even more tense if you if you follow the live score or if you or even if you don't follow at all. So I try I try to uh, uh, to warm up in an area where I can see the TV or even I can see the the match live from afar. And uh, I was warming up. I remember the U.S. Open has got, has got a great setup where you can warm up watching a big screen. Uh, so I was doing that. And in between games, I would run and, and, and coach her in between games and then go back again. And I, I, guess, I guess when she won that match, I felt like something was written in the stars. Uh, maybe this is going to be the day where both of us are going to win our first ever World Series events. And, and yeah, it, it did happen. And, uh, and it's, it's this feeling that I cannot describe in just a few words. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, I just recently, in the last podcast, actually, I had uh, Olivia Klein. Olivia was on. Klein, now Klein, which is, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And we were talking uh, about this dynamic between husband and uh, wife. And uh, they're like like you guys, I think they help each other uh, a lot in in the tournaments. And she was just saying uh, it's actually uh, a benefit because you're not afraid to say the the difficult things uh oh, not at maybe all. a friend or maybe uh someone another player 
uh, might not want to say. Uh, absolutely, and you know, in 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 your field, you wanna your 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 manager or your partner, you want them to have two main ca- characteristics. One is to have to understand the field you're working in very well, and to understand you as a person very well. And I think you can't find this dynamic except for a married couple who are, play, who are working in the same field. And Noor and I and Olivia and Alan and so many other couples in, in the squash world are so lucky to have each other, understanding who I am very well and what I want to hear and when and how I want to hear it. At the same time, they understand the field and they know what to say technically and tactically during the match. So. I couldn't have asked for a better setup, really, for the both of us. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now, um, I just I just want to look back just a, a little bit at your time uh, while you were at Harvard. I read this great uh, piece in Squash Player uh, magazine by Rod Gilmore, and uh, he said uh, it was I think it was in 2016. The article was written, and he yeah. said that um, out, out of all the venues that you had played or. Uh, your favorite or perhaps the, the biggest venue uh, for you uh, was the playing in front of the Harvard uh, faithful. Uh, what was that like? And, and uh, why, uh, why was it such a special uh, uh, feeling for you? Because you're not playing for yourself. You're playing for the, the 20 teammates and your coaches who are behind the class, behind the glass cheering for you really, really loudly just because they feel that they're a part of this team and they're, a, they're as if they're the ones playing on court. And they really want you to, to win from the very, very deep of, of their hearts. So I, I, I don't think I've ever... Well, I might change that slightly at the moment after playing the world teams in 2017, was it? Yeah, 2017 in Marseille in, uh, back in December. Uh, I, for now, this would be the biggest field I've ever played in just because I'm representing Egypt and there isn't any prouder moment than to represent your country. But other than this, Harvard for me was like a, if, 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 I, if I may say, it was like a second country for me. I, I, I lived there for three years. I, had, I made the best of friends. I made, I, I, Mike Way for me, as I said, is just uh, uh, something that I can't describe in a few words again. Is, uh, he's a great man on and off the court. And uh, he's someone that's helped me so much growing and uh, on the squash court and off the squash court. So, Everything about it really uh, felt so special, and playing for Harvard and wearing the Harvard Shield uh, was a was a huge moment for me. For sure, for sure. And in that same article, actually, you probably uh, uh, you know the quote of Mike uh, had these words to say. Uh, he said, "Quote: As long as we're we're in the driver's seat, we will refer to Ali and how no one respects the game as much as he does, respecting referees, opponents, coaches." That uh, that's part of his legacy. That's very high praise from Mike. Um, what do you? Uh, I mean, you you were also just uh, given the award, the Spirit of what is it? The Spirit of the Spirit of Squash. Yeah. Spirit of Squash award as uh, voted by your peers. Uh, mm-hmm. How how do you think? Where did this uh, spirit? I guess you would call it. Uh, how did you develop this? Where does it come from uh, for you personally? My parents, hands down. I remember uh, since I was very young, I I fell in love with the game since maybe I was six or seven. And from the very first moment I started playing tournaments, they obviously they cared about winning and losing, but not even 1% as much as as caring about the values that that this sport or any sport should ingrain in a a character. 
And they always said, we don't care about winning or losing as much as we care about calling your double bounces and, uh, and never cheating against your opponent and never uh, uh, disrespecting the referees, never disrespecting the opponents. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm a. I'm a. I'm an angel here. Of course, I lose it sometimes in the heat of the moment, and and I feel bad afterwards. But the, until the day, whenever they watch, if I win a, a good match and they've seen something that I shouldn't have done, they wouldn't be happy with me. And if it's the other way around, they're they're more than proud. And and it's something that I I thank them for day in and day out. And I was so lucky to get married to Noor, who's got the same values as well. And uh, we hope we can keep carrying on with the same. Uh, attitude on and off the court yeah well you both do that that's one of the i mean many reasons why i enjoy watching you and nor play it's, uh, you play the game the right way yeah um now speaking of which uh in dubai um there was an extremely uh, heartfelt occasion in your semi-final uh, victory over uh, nick matthew which happened to be his last uh, uh pro match uh, uh as a result of um, marwan's uh, departure from the from the event yeah. He, he managed to get through to the semifinal. Uh, you paid homage to him uh, in your post-match interview. Uh, mm-hmm. Just what? Uh, just revisit that. Uh, Nick is without question uh, one of the all-time greats and definitely uh, great uh, from his generation. What, what did he mean to you uh, as a player uh, over the years? Well, he, he meant so much to me because I remember when I was still a junior, when I didn't even think of, of going professionally back then, I, I was watching him. He was already world number one. He was already world champion. God knows how many times, maybe already three times before I even turned pro. And uh, the beauty about Nick Matthew is that he's not the type of person that you would see at the age of 16 and he would say right away, this guy is going to be world number one. You knew he had to work so hard for it. He didn't necessarily have the talent of some of the other greats of, of all time, but he made himself one of the greats of all time. It's not like he was born with it, which is something that you have to give so much respect to. And, uh, and also his, his professionalism on and off the court, you would see him how he handles himself before a match, after a match. I, he's one of the guys that I talk to whenever I have the chance and, and I try to learn from the most really because he was so professional, so feisty, so... Um, uh, everything about him was really uh, I, I respected a lot and, I, and to be the, one, the last one to step on court professionally with him is such an honor and I'd never seen someone retire and have such a long standing ovation I, I, I don't remember I can't remember how long it was but I, I don't think it was less than 5-10 minutes which no, is, he, uh, I was there. It was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, it was very, very well deserved. I, I couldn't think of, of someone better than him to, uh, to get such a standing ovation, really. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I agree with your assessment of him. Uh, he, uh, I remember back when he competed against Jonathan Power and Palmer and those guys, and he was, he was right there with them. But you could see his game was developing. And, exactly, uh, and uh, just the way he plays now is incredible. Uh, he, he, yeah, it's one, one thing that I've that I've learned from him the most is I remember uh, listening to one of his interviews and, and he said, he said lots of players, they try to develop their weaknesses rather than focus on their strengths and make them their super strengths. He said, I knew I wasn't the most talented. I knew I wasn't maybe the quickest on court, but I knew I was one of the best volleyers and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best volleyer and nobody's going to match me at this game. And he made himself the best volleyer on, uh, of the game and, and, 
really nobody could match him when, when he was on top for so many years. And, and this is something that I always focus on whenever I, I feel down, oh, I have a weakness here or there. Everyone is always going to have a weakness somewhere. But make your strength, your super strength, and nobody's going to be able to match you at. And it's something that I've, it's, a, it's a perspective that I'd never thought about before listening to him again. Well, one, I think one of your strengths is uh, your movement into the front court, which is uh, obviously up there on squash uh, squash skills these days. Um, that's one of my weaknesses, I think. So I'm going to be uh, paying, <laughs> paying attention to your videos uh, over the next uh, few weeks. Now, finally, Ali, for, thanks again for your time. Uh, I just wanted to, like I said earlier, I just wanted to ask you about a couple of pictures, uh, twit pics, I guess you call them, on your Twitter. Yeah. They're, they're kind of... Uh, there's one of you uh, and your friend uh, you were running. You look completely gassed, and he's, uh, he looks like he just showed up. I know. And then know. Uh, another one you appear. Yeah, it's basically two pictures that, that look just like that. Who is this guy? Uh, well, he's, he's, he's another Ali who, uh, who grew up playing for the same club as mine. And, uh, uh, and then he went to uh, study in the U.S. to high school. And you know how it works in high school? You have to play three different sports every year, one in the fall, one in the winter, and one in the, in the spring. So he played squash in the winter and then cr- uh, cross country in the, in the fall and track and field in the, in the spring. And he's naturally a very good runner. Actually, I shouldn't say naturally because he was quite chubby three, four years ago. And he's very slim now, very fit. And he runs forever. He, I, I would <laughs> run with him for like six, seven kilos and... And I'm dying, as you saw in the picture. And then he would keep going for 10 more laps or, or however long he wants, which is, which is really impressive. And I always try to look at someone who's better than me at something. And I try to match them to make myself better. And I couldn't find anyone better than him at, uh, at this. Well, you, I think you said you ran a uh, 6.5K in 29 minutes. That's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, I, thankfully, now that the preseason is, is getting... Towards its end, I'm getting better at it, so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the way it's progressing. That's great. That's great. Now, uh, just before you go, Ali, uh, 20, the 2018-19 campaign is uh, just around the corner. Uh, how's, what, what's your, uh, what do you envision this year? What are your goals? Well, uh, thank God since, since I started uh, playing in 2015, I, I put milestones for myself and I've... Uh, I've always reached them and sometimes exceed them, except for once. I tried to finish last season uh, within the top four, and I, I came short. I was world number five. Other than this, everything has been going to plan, and uh, I finished at world number two, which was the, which was the goal, really. Uh, this season, my goal is, uh, is to finish uh, at, at the world number one. I know how hard it's going to be. It's not only about... The one guy in front of you is Mohamed Shubayi, who's been doing incredibly well. It's about all of those guys uh, at number three and below who are... Yeah. Who are it's a, it's exciting of, times. It's exciting yeah, times in the, in the pro squad, in both, not only in the men's, but the women's. They're just about anybody. Uh, there, there are 10 people in there who could... Who could uh, Absolutely. Who could at them. least 10 people who, uh, that are contenders for every tournament, which is very exciting times. And you, you have to be even more consist- consistent than, than, uh, than uh, they are, and which is not easy because they're all playing at a very high level. And uh, um, this is my goal. I'm going to work really hard for it with my team. And 
it, if it happens, if it happens, if not, um, I'm going to come back the following season and try to hunt for that world number one spot. Well, from what I saw in Dubai, uh, I was really impressed. You look great, um, especially uh, you, the whole the whole package is there, Ali. So uh, you're one of my favorites uh, going into the 2018-19 campaign. Thank you so much, Ali, and uh, all the best uh, leading up to the to the beginning of the season. And send my regards to uh, to Nor as well. Thank you so much. We'll do. We'll do it. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I'm sure it's not going to be uh, the last time. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Ali. Take care. Uh, thank you again, Ali, for coming on to the podcast. That was a, a really, really good chat. Really enjoyed that. And uh, just want to uh, uh, wish you and your wife, Nora, all the best. Uh, best of luck going forward into the 2018-2019 uh, campaign. Uh, wouldn't it be uh, incredible if they were to both uh, reach uh, number one uh, simultaneously as uh, and becoming the first... Uh, uh, married couple to to do so in squash. I'm, I'm not sure if it's ever happened in uh, any other uh, sport, uh, but I don't. I've never heard of it. But um, anyways, good luck to them uh, going forward. In terms of uh, this podcast, we've got some uh, some content in the works, uh, some Squash Canada related stuff. Uh, new new president of Squash Canada. We're hoping to have him on in the future, Steve Wren. Uh, who's just uh, finished up at the World Masters where he, I believe, got to the quarterfinal in a very tough 50-plus uh, division, my division, which uh, I'm hoping to uh, to make an appearance in Poland. Uh, that's the plan anyways uh, for me. But uh, Steve had his work cut out for him, a tough draw there uh, in the 50-plus uh, division. Uh, we're also hoping to have on uh, another visit from our uh, a friend of the podcast, Rob Dinnerman. He's got a new two new books coming out, uh, one on print, the history of Princeton uh, squash and another on the, the legend uh, Sharif Khan. So uh, <clears throat> I'd love to have him on and, and to talk about those uh, two new books, one of which I believe the Princeton book is... Uh, is out right now or uh, has been released and the Sharif Khan book hopefully will be released in the not too distant future um, and uh, also we've got some uh, some PSA players coming uh, coming up both on the men's and women's side and uh, some US varsity content uh, varsity squash content uh, not uh, in the not too distant future so lots to uh, to look forward to on the in squash podcast thanks everyone for listening and uh, have a great day goodbye now